Hello and welcome to The Inner Gamer, episode 279. We are the video game source for you, the casual gamer. My name is Brett Yanoski. And I'm Austin Morales. And this week on The Inner Gamer Podcast, Brett plays more Maneater. And I, yes, I, jump into Breakpoint and talk about AI teammates, surprisingly. The community won me WTF. over, okay? And in the gaming news, we talk about Rocket League going free-to-play, uh, Unleashed uh, Sucker Punch as game footage has been released. Uh, wait, unreleased yes. Sucker Punch game footage released. Sorry, I was like, wait a second. That does not sound <laughs> right, I just said. And Ubisoft's next-gen games will be 60, but there might be changes in the future. We shall see. We talk about all that plus more. And for a discussion topic, the Xbox Game Show Showcase, or Xbox Game Showcase. Wow, okay. Can't talk today. <laughs> we talk about Halo, we talk about Fable, we talk about a bunch of other games that are coming out that actually look cool, but is Xbox actually winning or even doing anything towards this console war? Can they win? Can they win? We talk about all that. And you probably know the answer if you listen to this podcast. And cue that music. Welcome to It is July 28th, 2020. Welcome to the Gamer Podcast. Austin, can you believe we are almost in August? Uh, like, where's this year gone? I know. This is not good. Hey, but what is this year? But I'm happy because uh, we're close to a new launch for graphics cards. Yay. Oh, my gosh. And you just bought a new graphics card. Yay. Yeah. I got to return it out. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> I love it. But apparently the new ones are just going to make this look like kids play so i don't know how it can make it look like kids play it already looks good well i think you're running a 1080 and I it's know. like still good i know yeah i'm running it on my ultra wide and it's uh, most games are on full graphics running at 60 fps no problem oh so yeah. but apparently the new architectures that video games are going to start using and stuff it's yeah. going to be amazing well i guess so the, the graphic card you have now is like looking at halo infinite and then the new graphic card you have is like looking at any PlayStation 5 game <clears throat> because Halo Infinite looks like last gen graphics and yeah. then all the other stuff looks better, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. We've got some shit to say about that. But anyway, oh, yeah. I just want to mention everybody, if you are a first time listener to this podcast, thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. We make this podcast for our fans. So if you ever have any feedback, please let us know on social media or just join our Discord channel. You can find that link in the show notes. Also, if you're a return visitor, thank you for sticking with us. We want to make sure we make the show better. So please consider donating or simply sharing this episode with a friend. That is how we grow. That is how we do more content. That is how we eventually, when coronavirus goes away, we can do more events locally and have people come join us and play video games and talk about cool shit. So that's really cool. You can visit theinnergamer.net slash donate to contribute for that. Also, if you aren't at are not aware we stream every single wednesday at twitch.tv slash the inner gamer cast you can join us as we play through our divinity original sin 2 game experience we've hey, been so playing this game forever we we gotta finish that this year like i'm not going past this year <laughs> i know right like i'm ready to move on to another game i'm like we've, we've got this far we gotta keep going we yeah i know it's gotta finish it well i think the thing is that we've been doing like every single quest probably believe but if you don't know what's a side quest and what's a main i mean i guess you know what the main mission is because i think the main mission is that one that's like the powerful awakening that's just got a series of sub quests underneath it and then i think after that it's just a bunch of side quests but we've done like i'm pretty sure we've done every single quest on the second island um yeah. or at least have 
collected it. Yeah, so, we've been on Second Island like basically this whole year. <laughs> yeah, it's been like 20, 30 hours almost. It's crazy. But yeah. um, if y'all want to see us, you know, lose our minds playing Divinity Original Sin 2, you can join us at twitch.tv slash innergamercast every single Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Time. Sometimes 6.30, but I'm pushing for 7 because I like 7 o'clock because it's I can get home faster and easier. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is that. Also, we're not going to talk about this game this week, but I did want to mention Ghost of Tsushima has broken a record and is now PS4's fastest-selling first-party original IP debut, selling over 2.4 million copies in three days. Dude, that so, is ridiculous. Yeah. And it beat out The Last of Us, which should have been the top game actually um well actually no it did not beat out the last of us because the last of us part two sold four million copies in three days oh well the last of us part two so it, it did it well, probably yeah, it did say, beat out the last of two. us one maybe yeah. i misread something yeah um that did beat out the last of us one though so that is mm. accurate um well there you go but uh <laughs> but yeah either way i mean fastest first party yeah original ip i mean it beat out horizon zero dawn so that's a big one because that was a first party uh, original IP. It beat out Days Gone. It beat out um, what else was a first party on this generation? Um, I forget. But oh, Death Stranding. You know that that was beat. A lot of games. A lot of games. Nice. But anyway, I got a game I want to talk about. We've Please. talked about this game before, but I want to revisit it now that I played a lot more of said game, and that is a game called Man Eater. So for those of you that missed the first podcast, I'm going to give you a little recap into what this game is all about. Maneater is a game from the company Tripwire Interactive. You may know them for developing the game Killing Floor on PC, which is a very scary but kind of buggy game, I believe, back in the day. Um, either way, people loved it. It was kind of a cool classic. And now they're back with a game called Maneater, where you get to live out your power fantasy of being the shark in the water and they label it as a shark RPG or a sharp PG, if you so will, which is kind of funny. But uh, in this, uh, or shark PG, this, as they announce it, but it's an open world RPG game, which is not at all what I expected this game to be. But it is completely open world, and it is very much RPG elements. Like you have the ability to level up your character, which is a shark, so you start as a little pup. And then you work your way up through into a teen shark and then into a a little shark. I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, well, that's what they call it in here. But you started as a pup. Um, But maybe maybe that is what it is. That's kind of interesting. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, that's weird. But pups like uh, a dog or something. Hey, man, sharks can be like dogs, ravaged bulldogs. I just want to eat your face. But then again, we do say pup is like a general term for something young or small. Yeah, that's true. So maybe um, that. Go ahead. So you start as a pup and you are level one and you can't really do a lot, but you can eat a lot of catfish. Um, and then by eating the neutral fish in the water, you collect experience points. That helps you level your character up. And you start out in this very shallow part of this map where there isn't a lot there. It's kind of hard to see in the water because it's very swampy-like. Um, and just, just kind of gross water. Like everything's old and run down and falling apart. But it's a good place to start as a pup shark. And then as you progress through the game, you you first come across a um, like a save point area that you can go into. It's a little cave that you can go to level up your character and also save the game. And just that's basically a fast travel point for you in every section. So when you first enter in a new area of the map, 
you can use this as a uh, fast travel location once you unlock it. So you unlock it first, and then you can start going around and completing your quest. And this game is structured into what I believe is around 12 parts. Um, whenever you go in your options menu, you can see that up in the top right corner. So you always know where you are in the progression of the story. And in each part or each chapter, if you will, they have uh, a series of things you have to achieve. So it could be, you know, um, do this quest, do this quest, achieve level three, and then get notoriety, or not notoriety, but whatever. They have like a wanted level in the game where as you start killing humans, um, which you can do uh, as you level up and get exposure to the humans, you can start just jumping on the water jumping out of the water onto the beaches and start thrashing at humans everywhere. And it's really bad, but kind of hilarious in the context of this game. And um, you can level up by eating these people and then it increases your one level and then they send shark hunters after you. And when the shark hunters come after you, shit gets real because they have snipers and they can shoot you with a shot that knocks out a lot of your health and you basically run around and thrash and kick and scream and go crazy as a shark you have like a tail whip move you can go up to the sharks uh like jet skis or their uh, boats and just like tail whip them and then you can start chomping out their boat to hopefully eventually sink it and then go and of course eat the humans as they come out of the water or you can leap up out of the water and like grab one and go for like do like a flying launch across the boat and then grab one and then dive into this other water and just start eating them up and then turn back around and go for another dive out of the water and eat another person. It's really bad, but amazing. And the whole while you're playing this game, it is a uh, narrative story campaign that's narrated by Chris Parnell, who was, uh, who's the voice of the dad in Rick and Morty. And he also was in Saturday Night Live and he was in 30 Rock. And they have the whole setup of the, sh the game as a reality TV show. And it's featuring a character named Scaly Pete, who apparently has a vendetta against all the sharks in the world. So he's now a shark hunter and is going after ultimately you. That'll be the final showdown is you as a big, giant, ravenous shark going after Scaly Pete. But in the meantime, you have to kill a bunch of other shark hunters to be able to get to Scaly Pete. So... That's the gist of the game. And the RPG mechanics are hilarious. Like you can unlock a sonar ability that lets you see where things are around you. Um, you can change your bite. So like right now I have an electrical bite, which when I go and bite things, it stuns them for a few seconds. Um, you can change your armor on your character to make your skin tougher as you're fighting. And um, they have different collectibles and stuff scattered around the island that you can get. So it's, I mean, it's, it's got a lot of traditional open world mechanics to it, but it's an incredibly just surprisingly good game across the board for what I consider like a B movie rated game. Um, you know, it's, it's like the attuned to the shark natives of the world. I would guess. I mean, it's really silly. And I mean, the humor from Chris Parnell is so dry, but it is very well done and very fun to play and just great to just get in there. I mean, you can, you can play for 10 minutes and, knock out a quest or two and feel satisfied that you just thrashed through the islands and tore up a bunch of people. And the first threat that I found was an alligator. It was a level eight alligator and that shit was scary. And then I went further into the realm and found there's this one part of the map where there's a bunch of these pipes that you have to navigate through. Like the significant part of this section is these like, um, you know, drainage pipes that are all underneath the water that go in different directions. So you go down one pipe and if you find a bad guy, the only direction is go the other way. 
and they chase you and you're in this narrow pipe being chased by a freaking alligator or whatever. But one of the rooms I went into, there was three alligators in there. And as soon as I got in there, they were like, no, this guy can't be here. And they all came after me. So here I am fighting three sharks or three alligators at once. One shark, I'm a teen at this point. So I'm like level four, level five. And I got destroyed and eaten up. And then went back to the grotto, which is the safe point. And that's where I ended up uh, getting my health back. And I was like, okay, time to go level up more so I can fight these damn alligators. And when I first killed my alligator, it was the most satisfying moment because I did it. I accomplished greatness. It was it was satisfaction for sure. But I love this game. It's really good. Yeah, it I, like I recommend a lot of everybody play it. Um, I need to get it, but I'll probably wait. With it's on sale right now on the on PlayStation. If you want to play it on PlayStation, this is one of the games that like the frame rate's pretty high. Like I think it's probably running sixty because I mean the graphics are really good, but it's not you know it's not like you know some of the big huge massive open worlds like the open world is narrow because you're not it's not like a swim anywhere kind of world there's there's just like pathway kind of like borderlands you know where there's like pathways you can travel down to get to from place to place so you don't have to load as much of the map all at once and uh it, it runs really well i feel like on console but i think it's like 20 bucks on on the playstation store right now because they're doing a huge sale right now with a bunch of games um Unfortunately, Final Fantasy VII Remake is not on sale, but all the other ones are. So this is one that I would definitely consider picking up. And uh, nice. I'm excited to play more of it and finish it because there's, I mean, they have a day-night cycle. There's seven different regions in the game. I've unlocked four of the seven. And they have everything from just like a little bayou area to like resort beaches with like people that go golfing on the weekend so you can you know like the super rich uppity people that go and golf and have expensive yachts just sit out and drink on their yachts all the time you can see them out there in their fancy clothes and fanciness and then come up as a shark and just sleep out and just like grab six of them and just start thrashing at them and it's so bad but great so very cool. Highly recommend this game. Definitely nice. would suggest everybody check it out and become the predator of the seas <laughs> um, as a shark. It's Sweet. awesome. I dig it, man. Yeah. I dig it. Well, so, um, <clears throat> what do you got? I mean, if you haven't been listening to the podcast, we've been talking about Breakpoint pretty frequently over the past probably a month, maybe more. I don't remember now. We have our Brits and, uh, review up on YouTube, which has been killing it like no other. So if you haven't already, go check that out. And um, I was looking at all the comments. People are really excited about it. They want us to cover the AI stuff. And sadly, that review didn't cover it because it hadn't come out at that point. And uh, actually, I didn't even know it was coming out. I think you told me. Or maybe Jason mentioned that or something. Jason. I don't know what I said. Jason. Jason. Anyway, I'm a ghost too. I'm a ghost too. <laughs> so everyone was like, "Yeah, it's so much better now." They fixed it, and I was like, "Ah." So the community, usually we're convinced the community what to get, but this time around, the community convinced me to actually buy Breakpoint again and give it a go. And I have to say, I've been enjoying myself. It's amazing, oh, Brett. It's for me to say that right about now. 
I like how the community was more convincing than your best friend on the podcast. I see how it is. I see where your loyalties lie. That's right. I see how it is. I like the community better than you. <laughs> ah, it's whatever, ah. man. It's whatever. So I jumped into it. And if you guys don't know already, I got a 2070 super hybrid water-cooled graphics card for my PC. And I know Brett and Jason have been telling me I should get it on the PlayStation 4. And I was like, I can't do it, guys. I'm sorry. That It's definitely playing less than 60, which is fine. But for me and FPS, it's not I good enough for you. It's there's something like my mind knows what I'm looking at and it can't tolerate it. Like I just I feel like there's this cringe in my body because everything's not responding the way it should be. <laughs> I, I get it. I literally get a physical reaction from that and it's messed up and it sucks. Should get that checked out. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think you can fix that. <laughs> <laughs> gotta stop playing video games, right? Anyway, I gotta say from the get go because I, when I when I first got the beta, I had the 1080, and I didn't have everything turned up. And right now, everything's on ultra, and it looks phenomenal. Like walking around in the middle of nowhere is phenomenal. Like it's probably just as you know soothing and relaxing as it is if you were to do it in real life. It just looks so good. There's so much detail everywhere. And uh, I think this is one of the better games. I think a lot of people said Odyssey had a really cool world with uh, things to look at and see, and it was beautiful. But I think this is even more beautiful, honestly. Like, they've really outdone themselves. I can only hope that going forward it gets better than this. I don't know how you get better than this, but it's amazing. And then, like, traveling in the skies with, through the, with the helicopter and seeing everything, it's just gorgeous, man. It's buttery smooth. Everything's crystal clear. You feel like you're living in this world. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I continually get get impressed by the the vistas. I mean, you know, say yeah. what what you will about the story, which isn't amazing or anything like that, but just the some of the creativity and and once you get inside the buildings and things like that, you know, they're kind of samey, but looking at them from the outside and the locations that they have established throughout this and how much of it there is, I mean, it, it looks really really cool. And like you said, in the helicopter, I mean, that's when it it's totally you know, different situation because from the swamplands in the northeast to like the mountainous regions in the south southwestern part of the island, like it's very different and just nice to look at everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm curious. Side note: I'm curious if if you play this on the PlayStation Five, uh, it will actually look better and not have those load-ins that we see, and on the PlayStation Four version of Breakpoint, and uh, the haziness that always bothered me when I was playing it with you guys and um so i wonder if that'll be fixed just because i don't know i don't know how that translates but I'm, I'm just curious anyway so the main thing was i finally like they had the ai teammates and i'm like i hope <laughs> this is not that bad because i remember playing ghost recon like advanced war fighter or whatever like way back in the day when you're in mexico and you had your friends and you can plan shots and they can go here and go there you have the commands like you normally would. <clears throat> I don't. I just. I never figured out if you could do single commands. I thought in the tutorial it said you could, but I never figured that out. Anyway, but it's nice that you can be like, "Hey, regroup. Hey, go over there. Hey, you can sync up shots. You know, like, hey, you tag a few things. You can tag it by looking at down your side, or you can do it with the drone, which is really nice. And then once you fire, like at a enemy, everyone else fires the enemies that they've been assigned to take out. So it's nice to go in, find the snipers or kind of the people on the outskirts and just take them down easily. Like, I'm like, this is way easier than what I had to do before. When it was just me, it was just god awful. Like, I kill a few, 
and then someone would walk around and see the friend's body and then they all be alerted before you know it like just all hell breaks loose and this is bad it was real bad but this is like these guys really do help like they give you good cover fire for the most part they they go in and help you when you're down um they aren't the best but it's better than having nothing especially being able to come in from a certain angle and just start dropping people what uh you know little groups at a time it's uh, it's awesome especially when you go in or you alert somebody they'll they'll come in and, and help you out and stuff and i'm right. enjoying it man like they get in the sh- they get in the boats <clears throat> or you get in a helicopter or vehicle and you can have them uh like ready to engage or you can tell them to cease fire so you can just be driving around and stuff and just mowing people down like you don't have to be like it could be quick fat action packed fast paced just and i'm just like yes i love it this is the game i've wanted from the beginning like i just don't know why it took him so long to put this in here which yeah, i don't know either we may I know was, and i can get into that in a little bit yeah um yeah it's it's definitely it was definitely a nice addition to have that because i i haven't played this game hardly at all solo like maybe three or four hours tops yeah and uh but it was just like whenever i was like raiding at base it just wasn't as enjoyable because i'm like uh, i I don't want to take all these like it just wasn't fun to take all these guys out but when i first got the ai teammates and started raiding a base with the ai teammates i was like okay i can have them go this way i can come in from the other side and we can meet up in the middle and then they can like you know obviously have my back as i'm taking fire and like bring them around and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and that worked out yeah a lot better and I, i i wish there was a little bit more control in the commands i mean you can do what four commands i think to uh to give them orders but i mean they do what they need to do you say like hey go take point or you know engage or hold back or whatever like that's 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 all you really need in most cases to to fight um but it's uh it's definitely a welcome addition to have that and, and they'll um, talk to you like if you run and you get exhausted they're like hey boss you're looking tired you should drink some water if you're in canteen or hey we need to get intel <laughs> around here so it's like yeah, you go into a base, you kill a bunch of people, you see, you spot a lot of things that are points of interest that you want to look at, and you might forget. And they're like, hey, there's plenty of times like, hey, there's intel we should probably get. And I'm like, oh, shit, I almost forgot about that. So then I'll go back in the base and get the intel, and, you know, or they'll be like, hey, someone's been alerted to, or something like that, you know. There's these little cues that they don't say much, but they say enough that really helps out. Yeah. It's still it's still buggy. Like there's issues with them getting in vehicles, and I'm just like, oh, just get in the vehicle. <laughs> They're going in circles because they can't. I guess the way every the terrain's mapped out, they the AI don't understand that they can just go straight. I don't know, but it's very minor. That stuff's very minor. Right. And, yeah. You know, I jump. I had bought. Okay, so you guys started playing it more. You convinced me to try it out, so I got it on the UPlay Pass for 15 bucks. Oh, and cool. Back, back then, or like right when you guys first started really getting back into it. And it was fun. Again, that's when they didn't have AI. And I was like, man, this is just not the experience I want because it was significantly difficult. It, you know, I didn't have anyone there with me. And <clears throat> it's amazing to see how this game has changed in that short a period of time, especially with the ghost experience and the AI. Like, it's it, you now you can't say this is. You need, to, you need to play this with your friends only, you know. This is, hey, it's you can now have a solo experience that's actually fun. And, you know, for me, like, I have the ghost experience on, so I don't have any gear levels. I don't have any, uh, I have minimal HUD. So, like, the map will pop up if uh, I, like, 
have the drone out or I'm in the vicinity of something important and, you know, it just comes out when it needs to. Uh, and I like that. Like, it's really immersive. That That's what I want with this game. And I felt like with the base game, it wasn't that immersive. Like, I only have five syringes and, like, limited, uh, what do you call it, uh, bandages and stuff. So I try to make it, you know, not super duper realistic hard, but, like, more of, you know, fun game hard where, you know, I could take some damage, I can re- I can repair myself, but more enough people come in, I will die, right? Yeah. And that's happened a few times. And ha- when they have those turrets and stuff that are automated and they spot you and they just, like, yeah. they hammer you down, like, it's so much easier when your team can come in, go to a different side, draw that fire for a second, and then you can kind of swoop in and get some shots on this turret and blow it up. And, uh, and man, that stuff's fun. Yeah, that's yeah. all fun. The, the culmination of all that actually is fun now. Hell yeah, yeah. No, it's it's. Uh, have you gone into the ones where they have like the wheelie drone things that um, you know the the, the oh, bigger yeah. drones that run around and try and kill you? Oh yeah, yeah th- those things are satisfying to take down. They're a pain in the ass, but they're they're pretty satisfying if you can get them. What about the behemoths? Have you fought a behemoth yet? Oh yeah, um, that was not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I will say the AI can be stupid because um, there's two that are on top of this tower that got screwed, and uh, I think. The last of my AI guys who were there, he was trying to get him, but like he just didn't go up there and get him. And he'd kept like coming to me, going back to them. I was like, "What are you doing?" So luckily, he stayed out and was taking the fire from the behemoth. And then I went up there and revived both of them, nearly dying. And um, <laughs> yeah, it. In the end, we died. <laughs> the thing's just too powerful. I don't have a bazooka or anything to do any major damage. So uh, I'm yeah. Have to go once back you get the bazooka, you can. Um because you have to take down the panels on the side first and then once you take down uh, the panels on the behemoth that was my then problem. uh then it opens up like this like red like inner parts of the uh machine that you can shoot your like assault rifle at and it takes down mm. a lot of damage a lot faster i see i see yeah that makes but sense. Uh, those behemoths are great because they have really good loot at the uh their bases so you can go in there and get like a pretty decent well i guess in your case it's not as much because you're playing without the loot the loots the grunt the gear score but you can yep. probably still get yep. some pretty badass like guns. So can you have one gun or two guns? I have well, I have two guns and a pistol. Okay, cool. So right now I'm um, doing the sharpshooter, which you know I always love sniping. Yeah. I yeah. got my sniper and then I got a well, I have an assault rifle, but I need I'm trying to look for a QBC uh QBC assault rifle. Yeah. Yeah. Close quarters combat, something like that. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, something I really with like more the, mobility. Uh, the, the sniper rifles in this game I use a lot. They're definitely super helpful. Because mm-hmm. once you start just using your drone to like spot all the guys, like you can just start picking them off a little bit. Yeah. Um, plus your sync shot drones, like it's you could take out ninety percent of the base without even having to step foot in the base. Um, which is pretty gratifying. Yep. So um I think that's all I got. I don't know if you have anything you want to bring up, but at this point, I have to recommend this game now, finally. And it's cheap. Like, you can get the silver or gold edition or whatever, which has a season pass for, like, 25 bucks, I believe, yeah. on, on the Uplay store. Actually, I got it for 20 because if you have Uplay points, you can turn in so many of those for a 5% discount. So I got $5 off. Oh, wow. Or okay. it, was, it was some kind of discount. And so that that was, I was like, oh, it's even better. It's got it for 20 bucks. I didn't have the season pass, which makes it, even like, way more better than, than just buying the base game. So what do you think of this story? Oh, yeah, it's complete trash. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I skip all story beats because I just don't care. 
I'm just like, yeah. just send me to the next area. I want to kill some bitches and get some drones and yeah, yeah life life be good. Yeah, so. wa- Walker's parts when they do flashbacks with him is isn't bad. But yeah, the rest of it's pretty uh pretty trash. Yeah, but uh, I I will re- I would recommend playing Deep State the uh the first expansion because the story's not much better, but there's some really really cool moments in the in that just campaign i mean you can do it in like five or six hours probably yeah but they're the the last battle is epic like it's so good um nice so well worth playing through that but yeah awesome i'm just i've been spending my time on breakpoint <laughs> surprisingly i can't believe it it's happened crazy i'm i'm yes, finally on success. the train so shout out to the community for making this happen you guys are the best and uh, i'm glad i waited i just so the other thing I want to talk about is like I'm surprised it took this long to get to this point. I wonder if these things were already planned to be in here, but maybe got taken out. Uh, I forget the guy's name, but there's a guy at Ubisoft that had been in charge of the games or like the top person who signs off on everything. He's been there for 25 years, so apparently he's the reason a lot of these games feel the same, and he's the reason why Breakpoint is the way it is. Be, with the uh, gear loot score and all this RPG mechanic stuff. Apparently that's what he wanted to see, and so he has the final say, so that's what happened. And I'm just like, man, so this game could have been way better, you know, or at least different, hopefully in a positive way. And it's just sad to see that someone like that... Um, well, I've heard stories at, uh, like, a GameStop. You have old heads up there making old decisions based on you know things based on the past basically how things are done things are different these days and these people can't get out of their heads because you know sometimes the changing of the guard just takes way too long and it's about time it happened this guy is finally from ubisoft is being let go and hopefully someone in there who knows what they're doing can see the future knows what's happening now knows what people want right now and not base the games on this is what i want to see Right. You know, yeah, you want to play a game that you like, but then you also got to think about everyone else too. Like, what's going to actually sell? You know, his name was Sergey Sergey Haskowitz. Yeah. Something like that. And he was a creative chief or chief creative officer. Yeah. He, he, he was part of the, the, the old boy club where, yeah. you know, good old boy he club. Ap- and he apparently held meetings, business meetings in strip clubs. Mm-hmm. Stand up guy. Yep, yep. And he's part of the reason why they had some of that sexual misconduct yeah. stuff going on there, too. So it's good to see him going. I have hope for the future. I mean, given what we've seen with uh, Ubisoft Ford, I think good things are on the horizon. But we still have to wait and see after this launch of these few games that they have announced. So we shall see. Oh. Hell yeah. Well... I think we're hopefully going the right direction. Yes. It's going to gonna be positive, but I'm glad you're liking it and playing through it finally. It's unfortunate it's not on PlayStation, but I understand. It's fair. If it wasn't for me having like friends to play with it on there, I'd totally be buying on PC. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, I say that. I, again, I think still the controller on my couch is, is pretty nice. But Well, going um, forward, I, I, I don't think <clears throat> that would be a problem for me. I, I think yeah, on PlayStation we're gonna be 5, able to get, I think we're going to be good. I mean, it's going to have ray tracing with 60 FPS, probably no problem on, in 4K. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Sweet. 
Well, that's going to wrap it up for the games we play this week, everybody. If you want to play games with us each and every week, you can join us in our Discord channel. You can check out that link in the show notes. Also, if you like what you hear, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with our video game news. Have you ever found yourself on your way to a friend's house for a LAN party or a con like DreamHack with no easy way to transport your gear? It's heavy, it's complicated, and you have to deal with about five minutes parking restrictions. Thanks to our new sponsor, Crazy Pro Gear, you don't have to worry about that. They have an awesome pro-level backpack that can hold any mid-sized tower or smaller, your accessories, peripherals, and everything except your monitor. We used it at QuakeCon 2019, and it was a game changer. You can also use it for board games, video game consoles, and game sticks, and more to make travel to the next convention or friend's house as simple as throwing on your backpack. Head over to theinnergamer.net slash crazy, that is C-R-A-Z-Z-I-E, to purchase gear for your next event. A portion of the proceeds go back to us to support The Inner Gamer. We'll see you at the next con. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. It is time for video game news. In this segment, we share the best headlines from the week in the gaming industry. If you ever want to contribute to next week's episode, send us a question or a comment at hello at theinnergamer.net and we will surely talk about it on the following podcast. But this week, we have a couple of articles we want to touch on this coming, uh, you know, as we transition into August, all that good stuff. And one of which is something to close out the summer. That is Rocket League, the game that's been out since 2015 that has taken the world by storm. It is going free to play finally. And to us, it's like it's not already free to play because it seems like it is at this point. Um, Austin and I actually both got it free when it was uh, released on the PlayStation Plus store for free. And that's kind of what, no pun intended, rocketed it to success <laughs> get it get it okay Austin. Right. thanks for your you, contribution you actually got that one pretty good nice <laughs> oh man uh so yeah rocket league is uh, gonna be free to play and if you're an existing rocket league player and have paid for the game or not paid for the game but are part of that paid paid person you're gonna get legacy status in the game which is uh cool i guess but the game has seen over 75 million players since it launched in 2015. And with the free-to-play, they're going to be doing um, changing major changes to the tournaments and challenge systems, adding cross-platform progression for your item inventory, rocket pack pass progress, and competitive rank, all by linking it to an Epic Games account. <laughs> Get that, Austin? Get that? You got to connect to an Epic Games account to have cross-platform progression. Man, screw that. It's hilarious. Um, so Rocket League is <laughs> going to make its debut on the Epic Game Store when it's officially free to play. And uh, it's going to be identical to the others and we'll have crossplay. Following the move to free to play, they will no longer be available to download on Steam for new players. Players on Steam, though, can switch over uh, to whatever platform they want to get the full support for future updates, etc., etc. Um, and uh, if you have your legacy status, any player who has played prior to free to play is going to get the Rocket League branded DLC release before free to play. Uh, estimated 20 XXX title that displays the year when the player first started playing Rocket League. 200 plus common items upgraded to legacy quality and several other things. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's going free to play, which I feel like is the right move for them at this point because they when they brought out the battle pass, the rocket pass, if you will. I mean, it's <laughs> that's like an example of any game that's free to play. So the fact that mm-hmm. a paid game would have a rocket pass in it is kind of like you shouldn't do that. So just yep. 
Yep. Skull, and they're making plenty of money, I'm sure, off of the Rocket Pass as it is. I think I bought one for the last season and played for like two days, and then I basically gave them $10 for two days worth of gameplay. Nice. So that was that. But crazy to see that Rocket League is still a thing, you know, still kicking <clears throat> after all these years. Yeah, Five I know, years, right? man. I know, I know. Uh, well, I'm happy for him because it's a great game. Uh, I kind of wish it was more popular now, but I mean, again, that's the way the industry goes. You come out, you're probably popular for about three years, and then you have your main community. It's very small. But it keeps going. That's about it. Everyone else forgets about you. Actually, it's pretty popular right now. Really? It's got more. It's Yeah, it's, it's blown up. It's just we don't see it because more it's More popular not, than Warzone? Uh, no. But I mean, Warzone's kind of on a different echelon. But yeah, it's 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 pretty popular. I mean, they're still doing esports tournaments all the time with it. I it's mean, good. not as much yeah. now because of COVID, but right. um, it has a very very large following. And it's the big thing I think about it is it's got a global following a lot more than most games do. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's people that play it in places that I've never even seen people play it before. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so it it it's still definitely kicking strong, which is yeah. uh. Awesome. I mean, I see so. it definitely being part of the esports, you know, track. But I don't know. I feel like we keep our heads to the ground more often than not. And yeah, just uh, well, I mean, we don't really keep ourselves down with the uh, esports stuff. But I don't know. I almost jumped into it last night, and then I Dang. decided not to because of another thing that I'm not allowed to talk about yet. But I was playing that instead. So I got you. Well, he made a good choice. Just exciting stay. stuff. Cool, man. Um, yeah, so next story we have for y'all today is uh, Sucker Punch. You know, they brought out Ghost of Tsushima, but there's also been some stories going around of some of the other games that they were working on that led to the release of Ghost of Tsushima. So what's interesting is that, you know, Sucker Punch brought out Infamous back at the beginning of the PlayStation 4 life cycle, which was 2013. Um, so it's been a very long time since Sucker Punch has brought out a game. Um, that's what seven years? Yes, about. Well, I guess it was six years because twenty. I think the console came out at the end of twenty thirteen. Mm. So twenty fourteen was like the first full year for PlayStation Four. But um, they had several different ideas that they were playing with, but eventually they settled on Ghost of Tsushima. But there was a ten minute demo that was very polished and very very complete of a unreleased game called Prophecy, and this game here took place in a fictional world inspired by the early renaissance according to polygon this was set in a european inspired seaport the game stars a man named abel vora buried below the city are untold horrors and it's up to tavora vora tora tavora to stop a group of soldiers from uncovering them it's a third person game with plenty of cinematic moments and a handful of quick time events um there's even a vial of powders that you have that have different abilities like explosive abilities, corroding metal, things of that nature. Um, there's a cinematic moment of a hero burning the armor off an adversary before killing him. So it sounds like it was very dark. Um, but check out the gameplay if you can still find it online. It actually looked pretty cool. But I'm glad that they went the route of the Samurai game because I feel like the Samurai game has... A large a wide, it can cast a wider net than that of this game that they had. This game I felt like was more niche of a of a game than mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Ghost of Tsushima is. So yeah, but it's it's cra- it's just crazy to think about like all these games that people start and then stop 
and then, you know, like they may almost finish it and then, then something happens and they have to move on another project or they have to cancel it or, you know, just shift gears and what whatnot. And it's just, it's wild to think about that. Yeah, like just, I, I saw um, Annie McNamara posted a tweet after his first week at EA and he was like in all caps and oh, so many secrets. So the things that he knows now being inside at a big corporation like that, like I can't imagine what you even have yeah <laughs> probably quite a bit mm-hmm. yeah it's just sad to see stuff like this like not p- pan out there's so many games that probably could have been like star wars 1313 could have been an amazing game and we'll never ever know just sad oh, no. i was curious at what point they're just like okay we gotta cut it like what was what led up to that and what was the defining factor yeah I just can't imagine spending all this time. I mean, because like every project that I work on at my job, like designing and stuff like that, like I don't ever have anything that I technically throw away. I mean, it always gets used in some form or fashion. Yeah. And I can't imagine like a game like this, putting so much time and energy into an IP for two, three years and then having to be like, okay, we're just going to scrap it. Yeah. Go on something right. else. <sighs> and you're like, why? It's really sad. Yep. It is what it is. But pretty interesting, and I'm I mean, I'm glad we made it to Ghost, and that's what we ended up with. So yeah, it good. was it was a win win at the end of the day. Oh yeah. Um, moving on to Ubisoft, uh, there's been talks and rumors that we've been sharing about uh, next generation titles being seventy dollars, and whether or not you know that's something that we want to see. But if you think about it, based on inflation, um, games haven't really changed in price, and if anything, they've gone down in price because based off of inflation, we should be sitting at around a hundred dollar, $110 game right now. And we're still paying 60 bucks. Um, but there's talks that next generation, that's going to be like kind of the period shift where games start to increase in price. They've already announced that. I think it was NBA or NBA live, I believe is going to be $70 when it releases. Mm. And they were wondering if, you know, are other people going to follow suit? Well, um, as reported by IGN, Ubisoft has come out and said that next-gen 2020 launches will be 60 bucks, but it doesn't rule out a future price increase. But you will be able to get Watch Dogs Legion Valhalla for $60 on PS5 and Series X. So mm-hmm. as of right now, they're not changing the price. Right, right. But these are also games that will likely have paid content and DLC and stuff that comes out after that. But um, I would imagine that for the first little bit, we're going to get it and then they're going to have some new game that's like takes better advantage of the graphics um, of the new console because this is a shift that's not going to be like the full capacity probably of what the yeah. PlayStation 5 can output. Yeah. Once they do put a game out for that, we'll probably see a price increase of some kind. I, you know, um, now that I think about it, I think the better course of action would be scale back these games like you always talk about to something that's $60 worth and then just tack on DLC after that and make it like $10 a DLC pack. That way you're going to, you're going to make that money back, right? Like yeah. you have four DLCs that will get the game to a hundred dollars, you know, that someone paid for it. That way people aren't running themselves ragged. You can do all that stuff up front, like already have it ready to go for DLC stuff. And the game feels like it's a $60 game. It doesn't have to be an, you know, 80 hour Epic or, thousand hour epic to complete everything take out some of this bs stuff that oh yeah do this so many times and you get this achievement like that stuff is cool but you know i don't think it's necessary necessarily 
Well, I mean, take like Assassin's Creed uh, Odyssey, for example. Like when that game came out, I mean, it dropped at 60 bucks. It was a big game. There's a lot of content to it. And then they released like what, three, two or three DLC packs after that that were not extra money. They cost the, that was the same thing. So if, had people realized like when they got that game, how much extra was going to come with it, like that value is a steal for that thing, especially now that they're selling for like half price or whatever. It's crazy. Yeah. But then you see like, um, you know, to your point, like um, the Outer Worlds, you know, it came out. They knew that this was a new IP. They didn't yet have Microsoft money, you know, backing them yet. Mm-hmm. So they're they're putting this game together and they made it. They intentionally said that this is not going to be a full, like a full at all pull out all the stops kind of game. It's a very budget heavy game. So yep. it was yep. 10, 12 hours long, I think, for the story. But now they just announced they got two new DLC packs coming out that are going to enhance the story oh. and make it longer. I'm going to um, play that which talk about in the uh the uh, next segment here for the xbox showcase but um yeah so that's going to be coming out and it comes with game pass which is even cooler so like yep. if you have game pass you don't have to worry about paying for it oh yeah but that that kind of idea i'm, I'm i am okay with it because i mean borderlands did that with their dlc and i played a couple of their dlcs and really enjoyed it um did pay for the season pass um obviously we're talking about ghost recon breakpoint and then also you had played the uh, dlc for uh division um and pick that up. So there's, yeah. I'm, I, I'd much rather see stuff like that. I mean, if I'm going to have to pay extra for a game to get more content, I'd rather get more story content and pay like an extra 10 bucks or whatever for a story content bit than yeah. paying for like a battle pass and like ongoing cosmetic upgrades. Cause that stuff just doesn't eventually just gets meaningless in a story based game. Yeah. But well, this then, is like yeah. adding substantials to the content. Well, given that interview that was shown, I forgot when at some it was for like a mobile video game conference or something like that. And they were talking about all this stuff, like how you get people to stay yeah. in your ecosystem and basically milk them for everything they have. I mean, that's how you do it is with those cosmetics and with the battle pass and with all this stuff. Like that's how you get that recurring, you know, subscription. And <clears throat> I mean, that's fine and all. We should definitely have more sense, but there are some mind games being played there that are not in our favor. Um, but I think if they go up to like a seventy, eighty dollar per game, like I feel like the general audience will be like, "Well, I definitely want something like Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Like, you better give me that if I'm paying eighty, ninety, a hundred dollars for a game. You know, like I want all that stuff in there, and I want it to be. I, I want to spend you know half a year completing it. So I feel like if they just keep it at sixty, tone it down a little bit, and add little things on there, like you're not wasting all these resources on something because yeah. we've had a conversation like who's going to buy these games, the the kids and parents who already see $60 being, you know, a steep enough price as it is on top of getting a new console or getting a console in general. Like they don't want to fish. They don't want to dish out that money. Everyone's going to rethink. I mean, eventually it'll be the norm and that's fine. But this transition period, like I wonder how long it's going to take before everyone's like, okay, $80, $70, whatever. Um, and I think they could, I think it'd be beneficial for everyone in stage 60, roll back the gameplay and story and hours, and then just tack that on in the end. And then you can judge from there. Like, do we need to put more time and effort into this game? I, I don't know why every game has to be a game as a service. Like, why does every game have to be like, look, this is our, this is our full length plan for the next two, three years that we plan to do. And it's like, we don't need that really. <laughs> it's yeah. cool. It's great. I'm glad you're going to be keeping up with this game, but at some point the game dies. 
And now you're forced to continue doing all this stuff. You're forced to waste all this money on something that you've committed to. And if it's a shitty game, just let it go. <laughs> or if you don't have the people there, obviously you're not going to be making the money you need to continue that game's progress forward. So that's just my thoughts. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting conversation because I don't really know... I mean, I agree with some of what you're saying and I also disagree with some of it, but I don't really have like a strong argument against it. I'm just like, you know, I mean, I've seen it, I've seen it work and I've seen it not work, you know, at the same time. I look at Breakpoint again, going back to that, like they, they brought the game out, it bombed and then they pulled it back and were able to get it back into place. And now they're, I mean, but their, their roadmap that they announced at the beginning has since shifted because of what you just said, like the game wasn't great. So they had to do some changes in like, you know, AI teammates coming out and like all the other pieces that were supposed to have come out. Like we were supposed to have a, a second or a second raid coming out uh, sometime this year. And I don't think that's happening anymore just because of the fact that it took a while for the game to kind of kick off. So it's, I, I do kind of agree that I think they need to do like bring out a game and then not necessarily have a plan for the, and then like once the game launches, spend the next six months figuring out what your roadmap is going to look like. But I feel like we've they've kind of put themselves into a bad position where people are now expecting what is your post game content like? What is that going to look like? Is this game worth yeah. my buying? Because they do. I mean, there's a lot of gamers out there that that's they buy one, two, three games a a, a year, and I mean, I I honestly think that if they raise the price of the game to six to eighty bucks, they're not going to bat an eye because. Yeah they're just going to buy that game and that's the game that they want and they're going to play it. So like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, that game came out at $80. I I doubt you'd see many changes in sales because people are expecting that that's going to be their next, their six month game. Um, Whereas us, it's like, we are going to bat an eye because we're like, no, I'm not paying $80 and then another $60 five times, you know, to play these other games. Right. So definitely depends on the player. I I agree. I agree. How they approach it. But, uh, but I, I, I could see them... I mean, I think it just depends on the level of the game. I mean, looking at EA with Star Wars Squadrons, they know that that game is, that game is not going to have post-game content. They've come out and already said this is a one-and-done game. You're going to get it, you're going to buy it, you're going to play it, and then we're not going to update it. There's no cosmetics, there's no upgrades, there's none of that, and it's 40 bucks. That's priced appropriately for what that's going to be, what that experience is. Yes. Whereas, yes. like, the other games, like, yeah... Jack the price up to eighty dollars if you know you're going to get 120 hours out of it. Right, I think I'd be okay with that. I mean, on the, on, and another thing is, I don't know where the balance is. We're like, we got to get this game out because we got to make money, so it's broken. We'll patch it later. I mean, if you do that and someone's paying eighty dollars, I think the backlash will be a hundred times more severe than it is now when we pay sixty. Like a hundred times more, people are going to be like. F this game, man. I've paid $80, $100 for it, and it's it's all broken and this and bugs and everything. Like, it's going to be real bad. What do you think the threshold is for that, though? Just being playing devil's advocate here, because like $80, that's an extra 20 bucks for a game. Right. That's that's a decent chunk, but it's not a huge... It's not like... I mean, there's a big difference between 60 and 100, but 60 and 80 is is a little bit of a tighter thing. So, like, where do you think that threshold lies? Like, if this was... A sixty to a seventy dollar game. Do you think that bash backlash would still exist? Like, where is that line that you draw where it's like, yes, because it's eighty dollars, like because it's X number of dollars more, 
if it's broken, it's going to cause that much more of a recourse if it's bad. Um, well, $70 is just $10 more. I get it. But when you look at the price tag and you see 70, it seems like more. It's not that much more, but it is more. And I think regardless of what you put, if it's not five, if it's over $5 more, I think people are going to, I mean, we already get upset about a broken game and we pay $60 for. Um, and so just tacking more money onto that, I just feel like at $70 or more, people are going to be upset even more. (laughs) You know, I don't know how to put that of like, they're going to be 10% more upset or 15% more upset, but I guarantee you if you're paying 80 to $90 and then you still have DLC that's coming out. I mean, most games now I feel like just do free DLC and, and then you have a battle pass or what cosmetics or things like that on top of that. Like people are just seeing like, you're just milking me for my money, (laughs) you know? Now, whether that's true or not per each game that comes out and that's relevant to, you know, we have to see, um, but I mean, the way people act right now when stuff is broken at $60 price tag with all these extra things on top of it in order for you to spend money in the game, people are furious, furious. Like Battlefront 2, furious. We haven't had yeah. that since that point, I don't think. Wait, am I remembering that wrong? No, you're right. Yeah, after that happened, they pretty much everybody changed ship. Yeah, $60 or, or like, game. Yeah. With all the cosmetics and battle pass or whatever, fury, like complete outrage, unlike anything we've seen before. If that happens for $80 game standard, I guarantee you that's going to happen again. Yeah. So, yeah. That's my, that's my view into the future. <laughs> so, if $80 means, or however much money means, we can get a more complete game with less bugs. Something the size of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I mean, great. <laughs> See, that's but a tricky I feel part. Like, though, I feel like that's that... what that means. That would that's what people are going to translate that to. You know what I mean? So you're saying that if it's eighty dollars, it should be a. I, I feel like be people are quality. going to yeah. It's going to be a better quality. and It's going to be a gigantic game. Yeah. Um, See, that's that's my concern though. Is I feel like if you're paying eighty dollars. Most people, and this this is just my assumption on what people are looking for, if you're paying more for a game, you're expecting to get more out of it content-wise, right. not as much quality-wise. And I feel like if you're going from like, like say, say um, I don't know, what's a, a good example that was, uh, say No Man's Sky came out at 60 bucks, or say or No Man's Sky came out at $80, and then it wasn't broken at the beginning. Um, I think that you know people would have been fine with that, but if it was broken, I... Well, what am I trying to say? Let me let me back up. So okay. I, I think that with uh, with an eighty dollar game, I don't think people want to pay more money to with the assumption that because it's twenty dollars more, it's going to be better. Obviously, they're not going to know that because it's just it's an increased price. Right. The expectation of paying more for a game is not that this is going to be a more polished game because I'm paying more. It's going to be I'm going to get more content out of this game. I feel like that's what most people are going to lean into is that. If I'm paying an extra twenty dollars, there should be more shit for me to do in right. this world, and that's what sucks. Though is because that the we have this expectation of if you increase the price, you increase the stuff in the game. Whereas instead, like you were saying, I think it does make sense that if you increase the price, there should be more polish to it. They're going to get right. more value out of it. But I don't think that 
that is a correlation that exists or will ever exist because at the end of the day, most of these developers are going to be like, well, we're raising the price, so we got to do more to it, which is the problem that is a problem with the industry as a whole. Because I mean, like Sean Layden said from PlayStation, we can't continue to produce games at this price. And if we do increase the price to 80, people, the consumer is going to want more out of the game, but you can't give them more because then you're back to square one where you started with raising the price, but also spending more money to put more content into it. And it's just like kind of defeats the purpose. So I agree. It's I'm tricky, just saying but that I mean, I, if you get a broken game and you spend eighty dollars on it, you're going to be way more pissed than if you spent sixty dollars on it. No, I totally agree. And that's what yeah. I'm, I'm just. I'm just saying that it's like, it's it's a it's a weird it's a weird situation in that yeah. people are gonna like. I don't know if people are gonna want to. I mean, they wouldn't know, I guess, to pay like, hey, I'm paying eighty dollars for a game. This game is way better than it would have been had I paid sixty dollars quality wise because you you just don't have a threshold for that. So. It's gonna be hard to get people like to people to buy into an increased price. Exactly. For that just a quality boost or whatever. No, right. you know, all that stuff. And that's that's the tricky part of raising a price of a game. Um that's why I, I do think that like, you know, what you were saying with let's lower the price or keep the price the same, but lower the amount of stuff in the game could help and then just have dlc packs that come later but i still think people are going to complain about it people are just going to complain anyway because right. they want all the content in the game and they want there to be more and more content all the time but then they also get pissed off and the game's not qu- full of quality it's like well why wasn't the game full of quality it's because you guys <laughs> wanted so much shit in this game <laughs> exactly or because uh, an executive that you were talking about wanted more shit in the game right so right. he could spend more money at a strip club but yeah <laughs> that, that's yeah yeah I mean, yeah, you're right. We're not going to be happy regardless, but I think what I'm saying and you're saying just makes more sense in the end. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to see them raise the price of a game, but if if we could see, I mean, it would be something that would have to happen over a period of time. Like if they did raise all the games to 70 bucks or even $80, and then we did see a trend over the course of the next six to eight, six, or not six months to a year, because it'd probably take longer than that to see it, but... The next generation of games, if they knew that they were going to release it for $80 and then when it released, the quality was that much better overall, like across the board, like we saw the next six Ubisoft titles that come out aren't buggy as shit, then we'd be like, okay, satisfaction. Yeah. They achieved their goal. They made a little bit more money. They put more polish on it, but you know how they are. They're going to get to the point of like, okay, well, let's put more into it now and make even more money, and then it's going to get buggy again. Yeah, exactly. There's no, it's like, um, yeah. It's like the dog chasing its own tail kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. This is always a fun conversation to have. It is, yeah. It's interesting. I, like, I mean, it's, I, I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, it's not It's not easy, definitely. Yeah. Uh, there is no right answer, but there are better answers for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I really think that, and I hope that this is going to stay the way it is, but I think EA has got the right idea right now. Like, they're actually kind of changing course a little bit and getting a little bit better with their, I mean, the fact that they're producing small games and then also big games to help alleviate time. Like, they brought out that game Rocket Arena, the 3v3 game. Oh, yeah. There hasn't been a lot of hype around it, mm-hmm. but the reviews that I've seen have been like, this is pretty good. It's not great, but it's pretty good. So if they can keep like funding that and helping it grow, like it could build a small audience that could bring in a little bit of a revenue stream to help offset some other bigger title that they're working on on this other side. And right. 
you know, again, going back to Star Wars Squadrons with it being like a simple one-off game, like they don't have any other big, they don't have the Battlefield coming out this year or the Titanfall or anything like that. So they need some, they don't have a Dragon Age. So Mm -hmm. having this game come out at a $40 price point, that instantly is going to get people to buy it just to try it because it is not a full price game. Right. And I think that was, that was an interesting move on their part, but um, it's going to be, it's going to be weird. We're to see what the next generation. Like, I want to know what the next gen trends are going to become, because we've already talked about games as a service isn't as sustainable, and we got games that are constantly coming out. Like, we had games for a while that were saying, "Hey, we we have loot boxes. Get the loot boxes." And then everybody hated loot boxes. So then all of a sudden, it's like it's a bragging right and a back of the box point to say there's no loot boxes in this game, and now it's a bragging right and a point of as back in the box point to say we have no microtransactions and this is not a games as a service. Like right now, Godfall is more or less putting out headlines bragging about the fact that this is not a games as a service and it doesn't have microtransactions. And now that's a positive feature to announce for a game. Um, Whereas two years ago, that was a feature that they were bragging about the fact that they had it. (laughs) So it's, it's funny how things shift. So I'm curious to know what, what will define this generation as far as monetary programs and platforms and stuff. Oh yeah. Anyway, shall we move on to the next story? Yeah, please let's do it. <laughs> May we, that was, that was a, that was a good, good talk there. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, uh, the last thing I want to talk about is Oculus quest. Uh, there hasn't been much news yet on it, but there's rumors that there is a new Oculus quest in development and it may have leaked. Um, Uh-oh. they, uh, this article came out on GameSpot, and there is a Twitter post that somebody posted that shows what could be a Quest 2 that is in white, um, a white version of a Quest. Um, the report says the Quest 2 will be 10 to 15% smaller and lighter than the Quest 1, and then that the um, it may be a white and black design. And the strap is potentially redesigned and it may require only two adjustments for the sides in the back rather than three straps. Because right now there's there's two straps, one on each side of your head and then one on the top that goes over top of your head. So it looks like they might just have like one in the back and one on the top. Um, and uh, they said that it also looks like it lacks the IPD, the interpopillary distance slider, which allows VR users to adjust the headset based on the distance between their eyes. Um but it's unclear if this is going to have a slider in a different location or if it's going to get rid of it entirely. But I'm excited to see what they do with the new Quest and what it brings to the table because they have the uh, the HP Reverb G2 coming out this year, which is uh, coming out in like two months, I believe. And it is supposed to be the next flagship high bar standard for VR. Better than Valve Index, better than HTC Vive, better than the Oculus Rift, better than all the headsets it's supposed to be the new consumer grade standard for, for virtual reality, but it's still tethered to a system and quest is not. And I'm curious to know what they're going to do with this console to bring out, uh, more to it to make it even better. Cause I mean, if they just improve the field of view and like the, the clarity a little bit more, I'd be set. I mean, I love the UI I love the motion tracking. I love the controllers for the most part. All of it's really good. I just want it to look a little better. And that'd yeah. be great. Even the battery life's good on it. Like, there's no complaints about that either. Mm-hmm. So just give me a little better visual quality, a little bit more field of view. Done. 
Yeah, I agree. That'd be awesome. So yeah, um, what do you think is gonna be your next headset purchase, Austin? Or do you think you're gonna buy another headset? I don't know. It'd have to be an Oculus Quest. Yeah, <laughs> it, it just would have to be. I'm tired of the cables. Like, I want to finish Half Life Alex so bad, but I don't want to set my room up and put all that <laughs> stuff together. It's just such a pain. I dread thinking about it, which is sad because it's a great experience, but. You know, unless you have a room dedicated that has a good space already, that you can just leave the setup like that. Right. It'd be fine, but I just don't have that kind of space. I, I literally, I do, but it's not the size I want it to be. And I know I wouldn't have the best experience. Yeah. I mean, because all you have is your living room. You have to move all your furniture around, exactly. which sucks. And I ain't doing that. <laughs> yeah. And you don't have any other room in your house that's big enough to no. really support it. So right. It's, yeah. It's a bummer. It used to be my front room, but then I'd have to like take every, uh, like move everything in there and set. Like, so that's the thing. It's just I have to do so much for, you know, I might play for two hours and then stop, <laughs> but then everything's still <laughs> over there. So I have to bring my computer back, and you know, it's just a hassle. Yeah, it sucks. But you're still tethered good. to your computer, aren't you? No, no. I thought you had to buy a cord in order to make it work to give you enough power. Just for Half Life, Alex. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, no, for Half Five, Alex, yeah, but everything else I can play. Um, I gotcha. That's the only game I play on Steam, and then everything else I just buy through the Quest if it's there. Otherwise, mm. I'm not going to buy it. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm, I'm essentially just waiting until they bring it out on the uh, the Quest ecosystem. Gotcha. But I need to get back into Half Life, Alex. I've uh-huh. taken a break on it since then, but yeah, um, yeah, I want to I want to jump back in and finish it. Cause I think I got like five hours left, probably. So getting pretty close. Nice. But uh, anyway, that is going to wrap it up for our news this week. If you haven't subscribed to us yet on our YouTube channel, you can check us out at youtube.com slash the gamer and subscribe to get the videos as they launch. We have a goal we are working towards. We want to get a thousand subscribers by the end of the year. That means we have, and I just made that goal up just now. So surprise awesome. Austin. <laughs> uh, this is uh, what are we at right now? August or whatever. Um, about to be August. So that's August, September, October, November, December. That's five months. Oh, Five yeah. months, thousand subscribers. We just need a little less than two hundred and fifty subscribers to do that. So tell all your friends, shout it from the rooftops, both virtually and in person, social distancing, of course. And uh, yeah, tell tell everybody to subscribe to us and check us out on YouTube so we can get that thousand. And, and after that, we have to hit four thousand watch hours in a month, and we're at like two thousand right now. So yeah. And if you are convinced that we have an awesome channel go over to our Instagram page and we posted a few of the comments we've been getting over the past few weeks and you might be surprised or maybe not because you already know we're awesome. Testimonials. Yes, right. Yeah. It's great. It's good stuff. Or reviews, I guess, Mm because they're actual reviews that are unsolicited. So there you go. Boom. Look at that. Good stuff. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break and come back with our discussion topic all about the Xbox Game Showcase. Did they do better than PlayStation? Let's find out. week we break down a hot topic in the gaming industry and this week we have the thing that people have been waiting for for a very long time and that is the xbox games showcase for the xbox series x now if y'all remember a couple months ago xbox came out was like world's first gameplay premiere of the xbox series x and then there was no gameplay at all like they just like 
decided to just leave it out of the video series, even though it said gameplay. Um, that was disappointing. And then they were like, but no, sorry, we screwed up. We should have rephrased it. Actually, this July is when we're going to have our big event to showcase all the gameplay from Xbox Series X. So um, that is what was happening, and that's what happened on uh, Thursday. So we got to see gameplay from all kinds of new stuff, and um, we're going to talk all about it. But before we give our opinions, I want to do a quick run of show of everything that took place just to give the whole synopsis of it in case y'all missed it so i'm going to go down the list this is the stuff that they went through and announced during the xbox game showcase we opened up with none other than halo infinite gameplay first bit of gameplay they showed about 10 minutes of the game we got to see that cool exciting we'll jump back into that shortly then they went on into state of decay 3 they revealed that that was kind of surprising it was not a gameplay trailer but it was an announced trailer that was very fucked up, but we don't know anything about it beyond it was a cinematic. Then they announced Forza Motorsport 8. The interesting thing about this, obviously we knew there was a new Forza coming out, but they've dropped the number from the game. So we're wondering, like, what does that mean? Are they going to not have numbers anymore? Is it just going to be a live service going forward? Not really sure, but they did bring out Forza Motorsport from turn 10. Something that was also really cool about this um, they started to bring together the Microsoft Game Studio moniker more so and all these games because there are Microsoft Game Studio games, a lot of them, uh, they made sure to open up with Microsoft Game Studio Presents, then they introduced the game. So we started to see a lot of that, just like when PlayStation did theirs, they had PlayStation Studios to open it up. So we're seeing this, these develop, this publishing house of PlayStation and Sony or PlayStation and Xbox really pushing the mold of this brand that they're working to establish as like quote unquote first party or games produced by said company. Um, then we had the game Everwild from Rare, which is their brand new IP that they've been working on for a while. Still don't know what it is, but they showcased that. Followed that up with uh, Tell Me Why from Don't Nod Entertainment. This is their new narrative story adventure, adventure with the first episode dropping August 27th of 2020. And then Ori and the Will and the Wisps came out and said that they are bringing out an optimized version of the Series X with 4K 120 frames per second. Um, so Austin, you were talking about frames earlier. Well, you can get full 120 frames per second with this game on the Series X. So oh, shit. Get hype. And then the Outer Worlds came out with some uh, DLC announcements. They said they have a new one coming out called Peril on Gorgon. That's coming out September 9th, 2020, with another one to follow soon after. And then, of course, with Obsidian Fashion, they're busy as shit right now. They went on to showcase their launch trailer for Grounded, which is their survival game that's coming out next week, actually. Um, so that's very, very soon. And then Avowed is their brand new trailer that is set in the Pillars of Eternity universe. And it is a first-person RPG that we don't know much about yet, but has us very intrigued. Leading on with that is a game called As Dust Falls, a very interesting narrative-looking adventure interactive drama from a team called Interior slash Night. And um, that is one we're definitely going to come back and talk about because I was very interested in this one. Um, we had Psychonauts 2, which the big piece of this was that they had Jack Black come on and he did the gameplay music for it. And they showed him singing along to the trailer of Psychonauts 2. So that was pretty pretty interesting. They announced Destiny 2 is coming to Game Pass. So if you are a Destiny 2 fan and want to play Destiny 2, you can get Beyond Light, starting with Beyond Light, uh, as part of your Game Pass description. And then every 
expansion thereafter will be part of the Game Pass. So never again would you have to buy an individually priced expansion pack for Destiny if you have Game Pass. Pretty sick. And then they had the first announcement of Stalker 2, the award-winning PC franchise that millions of players played. And uh, now they have the new one with one of the biggest open worlds to date filled with radiation, mutants, and anomalies coming out next year. Then uh, this was caught me by surprise, and I don't know what it is yet, but we'll talk about this in a little bit, I'm sure. It's a Warhammer 40K Dark Tide. Uh, this is from the developers of Vermintide, and it's a four-player co-op set in the hive city of Tertium. We're definitely going to come back and talk about that. Then we have Tetris Effect Connected, which is a multiplayer version of Tetris Effect, so you can play that. It's not Battle Royale, but it is a multiplayer kind of co-op slash competitive version of Tetris Effect. We have The Gunk, which is from the creators of SteamWorld. Uh, this game looks really cool. Definitely want to jump on that. The Medium, which was a horror game. Fantasy Star Online 2 New Genesis. Crossfire X campaign reveal from Remedy Entertainment, which looks pretty solid. And last but not least, we have the announcement of Fable, which is the world premiere. Not much to be seen of it yet, but we had Fable. So that is the full run of show of the Xbox uh series x gameplay reveal so before we jump into each game as a whole austin i want to talk about the event as a whole um what did you think of what we saw here at the xbox game showcase based on what i just talked about well you had some cool things and you had some okay things and i think for the most part it was okay but definitely nothing as hyped as like the playstation one so I know we talked about it earlier, and you were like, they've kind of failed on both of these, not really bringing the hype, especially that there's not any first-party titles coming these first few years. So just kind of like, yeah, there's some cool stuff. And the one thing I think that should have been the best was Halo, and uh, it was not, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, yeah. That was that was my reaction to it. I, I went back home and watched the entire showcase from start to finish, and... I was very, very shocked and disappointed because I feel like every year, if nothing else, Xbox always shows a lot of games and they, they bring a lot of different things to, 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 to reveal. I mean, they always have 50 plus games out there. This time I felt like there was like 20, 25 maybe, and nothing was really like in your face amazingly awesome. There was no you know, your breathtaking moment. There was no freaking car reveal. I mean, there wasn't the spectacle that you get on a stage performance and it was, it was underwhelming across the board because they didn't show gameplay of Forza Horizon, Forza Motorsport. They didn't show gameplay of Fable. They showed gameplay of Halo Infinite, which doesn't look great. I mean, it's fine, but it's not, this is our flagship next generation graphical quality game on. I mean, it looks like something that would fit on an Xbox one X and run fine. So that was, that was really disappointing. But as a whole, I was like, you, you haven't gotten it yet. Xbox, like you're trying, you're really trying, I think. But the one thing that they really did do well with this, uh, event was every single thing that they announced on here was coming to game pass. And that game pass solid, this event itself solidified the fact that the game pass is such an incredible value. And as much as I don't want to play, necessarily on Xbox Series X, I feel like I'm going to be a lifer Game Pass subscriber, assuming they can keep it running and actually make money off of it. Because the fear that I have is that they're going to get so many games on here 
that it's going to like have such a large volume that they're either going to have to increase the price to 15, 20, 30 dollars a month or they're going to have to start cutting titles out a lot faster which would result in there being less value to the overall platform. And um that's that's a concern for me. Yeah. But But let's jump into Halo Infinite. Let's talk about that at the, at the little bit. And now Austin, I feel like I want to hear your opinion because you are a Halo fanboy from the early days of Halo. Oh, yeah. This is your your love, the thing that kind of helped us start the podcast was our discussion on the best shooter. And clearly you had a strong argument for Halo. So how did you feel about Halo Infinite after watching this trailer? Well, I know when I first saw that original trailer for, I guess, the, the teaser cinematic, it was like, oh, this is cool. Like, we have no, really no idea what's going on. There's a human, there's a lot of cinematic aspects to what we saw. And then we come to this and it's coming in or you're like landing on another Halo and it's like, I mean, I know that's what the game is, and that's that's all fine, Daddy. But I thought it was a little cheesy. It's like, oh, oh another Halo. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know why. I was like, can we go to like a world now or something? Like, do we have to be on Halo? And um, you know, some a lot of so the issues that we have at Master Chief Collection is that it still felt dated. We, we played Reach, and it's like, well, some of the things on here are just not what they should be, right? Uh, or how they should feel in, you know, 2018, 29, 2020, whatever. I forgot when it came out. I think it came out last year. Um, no, it was two, two years ago. Okay. For Halo uh, 5? No, Halo uh, Master Chief Collection. Oh, shit, yeah, sorry. You're right. Yeah. Um, and so looking at what we saw, it seems like the gameplay or the gunplay is a lot more smooth, a lot more fluid, and I like that. I like that. Uh, that's like what I've been waiting for, what I've been hoping for, obviously it was going to happen because it's 2020. There's no way they're not going to say as it should be, you know, it's not like it's a remaster. It's a fresh new take on it in the next decade of. Exactly. Exactly. So that's great. Like I'm excited for that, but then you get into this world and you know, there's a lot to explore. It's going to be open world, which is, I think it's fine. You know, it's nothing too crazy, but we can get into why that could be problematic. And watching him go around, Master Chief go around and kill some people and stuff, it's like, well, this is just like Combat Evolved, but is that what we need right now in 2020? I I just, I know that some people said it's supposed to be, or, or just mentioning that, you know, hey, this is like kind of throwback. They're using, they're going back to the heydays of, you know, Combat Evolved, and that's fine, but I felt like it's too much like it, honestly, from what we've seen. Um, you have a, a new grapple, which is actually kind of interesting. I don't know how that's going to fit into the lore and stuff or how he attaches that to himself. Um, and then some of the enemies coming down, I think were kind of cool in the drop pods, but there were the brutes and I was like, eh, you know, brutes, brutes for me have always been kind of like, eh, they're there. They're cool. They can be bad if they have the big giant hammers and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, I actually recently went back to when Bungie was making, Someone's doing comparison between Bungie and 343. And the stuff that Bungie said, like, they said that, you know, for the Brutes, they wanted their limbs to be very visible. So they made them move in interesting ways that kind of go with their name. You know, they do these wide swings because they're putting all of their muscles into it, right? And so from afar, you know it's a Brute because of how they move and, like, the way that their silhouette just captures you in the distance. 
um, and little things like that and like how they took care of certain things. And that's why it was very linear gameplay because, because this happened, then all of this in the background would happen too, because that's just how it affects the game. And I think that's been a big issue for three, four, three is that's not how it is. Now, are they still making this game? Cause now I forgot. <laughs> Or they get someone three, four, else. 343 is. Yeah, okay. this is 343. Yeah. And so they just like don't understand. I mean, Bungie was just phenomenal in the way that they thought about making games. And I think it's lost here. Like this guy that they that is with Master Chief, which I assume is kind of gonna be like, you know, uh you know, Batman the sidekick <laughs> type thing. Like that is obviously the voice of Octane. I already have, I'm already taking out of the uh, immersiveness of this game. <laughs> like, I just hear Octane and he's a whiny little baby. All that stuff he was doing, <clears throat> like, what kind of soldier is this? Look, I get it. He's probably went through some stuff and things have happened. I don't understand everything, but still, like, we should get a good sense of his character. And I don't want to hang around with this guy right now. Yeah. So I'm already taking out because it's not meshing in. Like, this should have pulled me in just like. The uh, Halo 2 E3 gameplay, uh, I don't know, eight, ten minute trailer was was amazing. And it drew me in in a way that I would pay $60 for that E3 demo because it just hit all the marks. Like, it got you in. You know what's going on. You're immersed immediately. And you have all this cool new stuff. Obviously, it didn't make it to Halo 2. But, you know, we need something like that. And there was, it was kind of dead. It was just, you run around like you would as Magic Chief, kill a bunch of stuff. And there was a lot of story stuff. And there was like, oh, here's this brute who's coming to, you know, kill people again. Whoop-de-doo. Nothing really interesting about him. He's a little crazy. You know why? Because he's a brute. <laughs> well, the thing that was weird about that, too, is like, I couldn't even hardly tell what the brute was saying when he was having that monologue at the end. Yeah. I was like, I made out half of what he said, probably. I was like, okay, this doesn't really really work well for me but i mean like it was odd to see the um because there was one part of it it was very like like a very realistic looking um sci-fi world but then when you have like the little what do you call the little guys that run around grunts. The, uh, the the grunts yeah like when they're running around like they're silly and kind of they make funky noises and stuff like that and there's like a little bit of like humor tinge to it which i've always i've liked that about halo but i couldn't quite tell what they were like, they didn't really lean into that, but it was just kind of, it was there, but it wasn't fully there, but everything else in the world was kind of more serious and grounded. But then there was some of those, those like, I guess humorous bits kind of, but I, I just, I feel like there's an identity crisis with what they're trying to achieve here. And like, like you said, with this being, this looks like combat evolved, but too much like combat evolved. And like what excited me when three, four, three took over halo when Halo 4 came out, now granted, like, you know, you can say what you will about the actual game release, but there was something that intrigued me about that is that I saw environments and worlds that I hadn't yet seen before in Halo. Um, there was a lot more, you know, like heavily jungled like terrain and areas and stuff to explore, which is kind of cool. But this just looks like you drop me into the the Halo planet or ring or whatever the hell it is, and like that's where you are. And the grappling hook is cool, but it's like been there, done that. I mean, that's been in a billion games and it's a nice feature, but it's not anything new. And, um, the, I mean, they didn't, the guns are the same, you know, which is fine. I mean, the guns are good, but it's like, 
this is Halo Combat Evolve with like a few extra little bits of coat of paint. And the thing that really frustrated me about this overall game is just the the graphics are graph normal graphics. Like there's nothing yeah. spectacular about this <laughs> yeah. for a flagship Xbox Series X game. Yeah. And they they did come out later and people complained about it online obviously because it's like, you know, this game looks good, but for a next generation title, this game should look like the presentation we saw with Ratchet and Clank. It should yeah. look like <laughs> The presentation we saw with Spider-Man Miles Morales, it should look like every single one of those games that they showcased oh, there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But instead, it was like, I mean, I felt, I I was t- I was talking to friends last night. I was like, this doesn't look any better than Breakpoint. And Breakpoint is a PS4 game. I mean, I think Breakpoint looks just as good or better than this game does. And I was just shocked that that was, this was their visual presentation. They said that this was running on a PC they said that this is an older build that was running on a PC that's as powerful as the Xbox Series X. I'm like, first off, why would you say this was an older build if you're showing this as first gameplay of this game? Yeah, that's not good at all. That's just like saving face, basically, trying yeah. to. But it's like, so how far so along, what does this game look like? So how far along is this game, then, if this is an older build? Why not show the new build? What's going yeah. on with that? Yeah, show, I mean, do what Anthem does and show like a badass-looking game and then bring it out and it looks like five times less quality. So based on that, not you know, you know, representation, this game is not going to look that great. But the other thing too that was interesting about the, when they did the map opening and then showed the open world, I don't know how open world is going to be. And that's what's interesting is like, will it be full open world or is it going to be like kind of a a pseudo open world, kind of like um, well, The Last of Us kind of open world? So it looked like it was yeah. still kind of a contained environment. So I don't know know what direction that's going to go. And what is multiplayer going to look like? Like, we don't know what multiplayer is. Will that bring any new things to the table? Mm-hmm. I feel like it probably won't. So I'm just, I was, I feel like that was a rough first launch because yeah. it just, there wasn't anything to jump out of me. It's like, fuck yes, Halo's back. This is it. Yeah. It was just like, no, cool, this is, this is Halo Combat Evolve remastered. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they're trying to really win on nostalgia right now. And it's not working. It's like, yeah, you could have done so much. See, the main thing is like, there's a story here, but they haven't really set up any story. It's just like, gameplay. Yeah, we crash landed. Okay, stay here. Bye. Kill a bunch of people. And then there's yeah. just like, you're going to get on my way. Let me go fight shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's just nothing astonishing about it. There's some like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. That There's that. And there's this and that. Again, you look back at the Halo 2 thing, which I think is the pinnacle of like how you should, it, it was a great, great gameplay demo. Obviously it was not actually what the game was going to be like, but still have something like that, that drives a narrative and it's in itself, something that gets people hyped. Just showing gameplay is not going to get people hyped. Like regardless of what people think or say about story and it being like, well, I don't know what they say about it, but I feel like they just kind of, some people kind of throw it to the wayside, whatever. But Halo has always been a story-based game in this interesting sandbox world, you know, that goes alongside with it. But like that, I feel like that's what <laughs> that's what they're missing, really. Yeah, and it's kind of sad because at this point, I'm not excited about this game at all, and I and I really wanted to be. Yeah, <clears throat> that's that's where I stand as well. So it's a, it's a bummer, but um, we'll see if they can change anything. But at least on Game Pass, so if nothing else, like we can jump in and try it, see what we think. And if it sucks, it sucks, and we can move on and didn't lose 60 bucks or 70 bucks, whatever they title, they charge for it. This is true. This is true. Yeah. 
Um, I want to shift gears a little bit to another game that I uh, don't want to talk too much on it, but Don't Not Entertainment brought out Tell Me Why um, and revealed the Chapter 1 launch trailer for this, which is um, coming out later this year. And uh, this one was kind of shocking to me because when they first announced this, it was I was super excited because I love Don't Not Games, Life is Strange 1 and 2. Um, I haven't played 2 yet, but I've, Life is Strange 1 and all of the, the prequel and all that stuff was great. And um, now they're out with a new game called Tell Me Why, which is a very similar concept. You know, you got two characters, internal struggles, all that stuff. Um, but what was odd to me about watching this trailer is that the the acting and the animation stuff felt a little stiffer than normal with Don't Not Entertainment. Like the graphics are never like top notch, amazing stuff, but like especially the delivery of the dialogue was felt just stiff and not complete. And I was, I was very, this is the first time I've been disappointed about this game. And, um, I'm nervous if it's going to be good or not after seeing that, but I'm hoping they turn it around. Cause I mean, don't nod. I mean, life is strange too. Apparently was fantastic. I still haven't played it yet, but I've, I've heard good things about that, but I was so excited when I saw the first trailer for this. And then now it's just like, eh, we'll see. We'll see if it does well, but maybe it's just cause they put it on the Xbox showcase that it just looked not as good. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not winning Xbox. Um, yeah, seriously. Uh, jumping into, uh, obsidian a little bit, you know, they had, um, they first announced, Hey, the outer worlds, you know, we haven't given up on that game yet. We're bringing out some, uh, some expansion, some DLC, and, uh, they're going to bring out a thing called peril on Gorgon with a, brand new chunk of content which looks pretty awesome i like the style that outer worlds has in this like they definitely have that that kind of silly over the top like old school vibe to the like like i guess trailers and title screens of like old movies where they have big huge flashy titles and like over exaggerated like explanations of what's about to happen like the biggest and baddest thing that's ever happened to the world. And they like have world slide across the screen and all this difference. That's just overly exaggerated in every aspect of it. And I, I I like that. I think it's cool. So I think it'll be, it'll be fun. But did you watch trailer for this? Oh yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to jump back into it now that I have my awesome graphics card. Cause it'll play a lot better. (laughs) I was having issues with it before. So yeah, definitely want to see what it looks like. Um, and then, uh, they, they showcase grounded, you know, that's coming out next week. So mm-hmm. we'll definitely be talking more about that. Um, I, uh, I hope we can get everybody to get it. I mean, it's on game pass so we can pick it up and at least try it. See if yeah, it's I think, uh, worth getting into. I think Travis and Sarah already have it downloaded. So, oh shit. No way. Yeah. Nice. Cause I thought okay. it was already out, but it, obviously it was not. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> Cause I downloaded um, on the game pass already, but it didn't oh, tell yeah. me it didn't have a date on there. Okay. So I was like, yeah, oh, maybe it's out. Uh, July 28th. So yeah, it's coming literally Tuesday. Oh yeah. It's coming freaking crazy. Um, then, uh, obsidian also announced avowed, which, uh, whenever they were purchased by game studios, uh, Microsoft game studios, they were like, what do you guys want to make? And they're like this. And then Microsoft was like, okay, here's some money. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. So that is what avowed is. And it's set in the world of pillars of eternity Mm. And it is a first-person fantasy role-playing game. So not much was shown of this, but they did show a little bit of the powers. And it's like you have a sword and you have special powers on your left hand, like Bioshock-like powers. And the first thing that came to mind was Skyrim. 
And I'm like, okay, they made the Outer Worlds, which is basically their reclaim of their Fallout game um, after Bethesda took it and shat on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now they're bringing out this game, which could very well could be a Skyrim killer. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Do it. Please do it. Because but, Skyrim ain't coming out for a while. I guarantee you, if this is good, Empire won't need to. <laughs> I know. I know. That's true. That's very true. Uh, they had another game that came out from an indie studio, Interior Slash Night, called As, As Dust Falls. And this is from an ex-Quantic Dream designer, uh, Caroline Marshall. And uh, it's a trailer featuring a couple uh, two families locked in turmoil, and this—the thing that caught my eye about this—is this is very feels very Left 4 Dead like, but they call it an interactive drama, and it had this weird kind of style in that it was stop motion animation a little bit, where like the background was kind of moving and doing stuff, but then it was just animated faces like a comic book effect. So they weren't actually like fully moving like keyframe like every single movement, but it was like a frame here and then their head would turn like 90 degrees and it would show that frame. But then stuff in the background was flowing and moving with it and it has this kind of painted effect to it. The art style just looks really cool. And um, I, I was very, very intrigued by this trailer, whatever it becomes. I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a, a game worth jumping into. It'll be short, sweet, to the point. Um definitely looks interesting did you watch this at all yeah i did what'd you think yeah it's okay <laughs> we'll see cool. we'll Good. see what comes of it fantastic yeah um then we had a warhammer forty thousand dark tide austin uh yes please give it to me this is uh this Just, is like left for dead but not yeah <laughs> in space in a different in universe yeah i i really do Love Warhammer. Uh, haven't been like huge in the Warhammer 40k, but this actually looks like it'll be something that I think you'll enjoy more, Brett. Yeah, I was gonna say there's less rats and more uh space aliens, yeah. So these are like demon like humans that have been taken over by the warp, they call it, and um, yeah, they get all zombie kind of looking, but they're more, uh, I want to say demon esque. I don't know. They're still like lucid and have thoughts and stuff. They're just corrupted. Hmm. And, um, I think it'd be really fun. I, I definitely, I'm going to play it. <laughs> no doubt about it. I'm definitely going to play this, but I got some, uh, GTFO vibes out of it just cause it's so dark uh, and scary. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think it'll be that bad to play cause it's from the guy it's from fat shark. So Oh, probably play like that. Hell yeah. So yeah. This is their, this is their game. So they're, Hell they, yes. they did come out and say that they're still supporting Vermintide too. Yeah. yeah. But this is their new focus. Uh, it's is, definitely uh, going to kill tide. it. <laughs> yeah. Cause Vermintide's kind of dying out. There's some, yeah, we jumped back into it the other day and it was, it was okay. I mean, it was fun like usual, but there's yeah. not much updating being had. Um, yeah. But I think there was one that came out recently that's, you play as an inquisitor or something like that, or uh, oh man, I forgot okay. what it's called. Anyway, you go into like these ships and they have alien, I forgot the name of the aliens, uh, tyranids. They're like super, they they f- screw you up, even the little guys. And so that was like your mission was to go and get things and then come out alive. And it was okay, it was nothing like ever, uh, you know, a fat sharp game. So maybe this will be way more interesting, yeah, than that. No, I'm, I'm very, very intrigued. 
because you know it's it's interesting when you see like games that are uh branded you know like re rebranded version like whenever they brought out the D D um like i forgot what showcase it was but they had that D D shooter game or not, it wasn't shooter but it was some kind of game that had yeah. Dungeons and dragons name on it yeah yeah I know and they showed about. that trailer and i was like ah it looks kind of subpar like b-rated but yeah. this one actually looked solid like really yeah. really really nice uh showcase presentation at the beginning so right i i am hopeful that this is this is something that's gonna catch my fancy same here my friend same here um then they had the uh this is was surprising to me but we saw the crossfire x uh campaign reveal which mm-hmm. crossfire is a very popular game outside of the west um, over in uh, like Asia and stuff like that. It's incredibly popular. And then now that they're bringing it to the West audience, uh, Remedy Entertainment is doing their single-player campaign. And I was like kind of digging it. It looked pretty cool. And um, it might be might be fun. I still hear that the multiplayer is not great um, for like our audience of people that you know are into multiplayer games. But I, mean, I, c- I could see myself diving into this campaign and giving it a go sorry which one again crossfire x crossfire x that's yep. what i didn't see okay just check that out it's pretty pretty interesting it's okay. got it looks like it may have a decent story oh. you know i mean it is remedy so they know what they're doing yeah so it's just it's a oh. weird relationship here with them like taking a game that's not theirs and like building a campaign for it yeah it's very odd but that's very odd um i'm well, excited i like remedy yeah and then uh, Everwild is the new game from Rare that they showcase more uh, video content for it, but we still don't really know what it is. But according to Polygon, they put it as Breath of the Wild meets Monster Hunter, mm. which is uh, fair. You know, I could see that. Yeah. Um, but this game looks gorgeous. It but does. I just, I'm nervous that it's going to be a game that just isn't my style. Yeah, same here. But I, I feel like I feel like it'd be it would definitely fall into your I mean if it's like Breath of the Wild, I bet you you'll eat that game up awesome. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But visually it's I mean it's beautiful. It's a it's a gorgeous looking game. So very well, something's gonna have that. to give. There are too many games coming out. <laughs> Dude, I know. It's crazy. Yeah. Um they even had a new game IP that they brought out from the creators of Steam World, the Gunk. And like I've never heard of this game before, but it looks awesome. Like it looks really, really good. The graphics are great. The name's weird, but uh, watching that trailer, I mean, you, it's alien enemies. It's really cool environments, cool puzzle solving mechanics mm-hmm. with like this gunk thing where you like shoot at stuff and it like tears away at gunk and reveals new paths and stuff like that. Um, I was surprised. I mean, that that one definitely took me by by surprise. I haven't seen something like that before, or heard of it, and. Um, yeah, I might, I might be, I might be into it. Might be digging All right. it. All right. Um, but beyond that, there wasn't a whole lot of other things except for this little game they call Fable. <laughs> um, I don't know if you heard of it, Austin. It's a, oh, it's a fantasy Fable. game, you know, that Man. deals with like mythical creatures and things. I believe, oh, okay. or there might be dragons. I don't know, or maybe space aliens or something like that. I don't know. What do, what do you know about Fable? Like, like, have you ever played this game before? Is it? Is oh, yeah. It interesting. The first three were fantastic. Well, the third one was okay, but first was three, uh, or yeah, the, the well, the third one was okay. Yeah. The Words. other two were great. <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to remember okay. back, like, which ones were at? Yeah. Yeah. 
I know they originally, it might have come out, but I think when the Xbox 360 came out, or no, not the Xbox, when Xbox One came out, they originally had, you know, because they're trying to sell the whole motion tracking bar thing, and I think yeah. they, they had they had one where you could play it with a motion tracking bar, and I don't know if it ever came out, or if it did, I don't remember it being like, <laughs> I don't think it was that good. I don't think it came out. That's the last time I heard of Fable. What, the most recent Fable? Yeah, there's one that was supposed to come out for the tracking, motion tracking bar. Well, there was one like, I don't remember what it was called, like Fable. It was like a different type of game. It wasn't exactly Fable. It was in the it was a Fable game, but it like changed the gameplay style. Like it wasn't an action, like, like a third person RPG or whatever. Mm. Was it third person Fable or was it first person? It was third person. Okay. Um, yeah, like it, it was just very different and it didn't hit off very well. Um, and fell apart. And that was when Lionhead also fell apart, and then that was the end of it. But what's interesting about this game is it's being made by Playground Games, which up to this point has developed the Forza Horizon games. Oh. That's their that's their moniker. And I'm very shocked that they took the helm on this and they, they're working on it, but it's, I mean, they do such a great job with Forza Horizon. And I'm curious to know what this is going to become, but the rumor has it is that this is not a single-player uh, RPG like the previous Fable games, but instead it's potentially going to be a next-generation MMO wow. on consoles. That so, could be really cool. Yeah. I mean, if that's true, could. I mean, that would be <laughs> would be interesting. But yeah. I, I just don't know, like, like what is a what does an MMO look like on consoles? Like, what, what would you what would you want to see? Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> no, I you know, I don't know, man. Honestly. It hasn't really been done, I guess. I'm trying to think which ones are actually on consoles. I mean, I want something like World of Warcraft. You have a giant world you can go and travel. You know, yeah. it's probably gonna have to end up being more like Destiny, where you go and travel to, to open areas, which is fine. But how big yeah. they are is something that should be pretty. Well, honestly, with the new generation, having a World of Warcraft type world can't be too too hard now. Honestly, right? Yeah, I don't um, think so. So. I mean, at the very least, having these giant open areas. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like they haven't we haven't got it right on console MMOs, but and I know every I know saying it should be like WoW is basically beating a dead horse that's been dead for quite a while. But <laughs> <laughs> I think they have an interesting. I mean, they're the they're the king right now. They're the ones one of the ones that have like been around forever. And I think they have a good strategy of having this giant open world with a bunch of quests, and each area has its own kind of like should have its own story with its own you know flora and fauna and enemies and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the uh, don't do that trailer. Yeah. I think the trailer was interesting. There wasn't much to be said there, but there was. No. A little, I liked a little bit of humor with like the frog that was just like, you know, very like, fable. Gra- gra- yeah, like did that whole thing, and like that was just a really cool, uh, cool introduction. But I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very, very curious to see what they what they do with it because I mean, right. I, I want to be excited about this. Like I'm, right. I want to see some uh, some good positive stuff out of it. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what it will be. Yeah, um, there's nothing to go off of right now. Yeah. So, but the fact that it's MMO vibes, like that'll be be very curious yeah. to, to see oh, how yeah. that how that plays out. Could be um, really, really good. Could be really, really yeah. bad. <laughs> exactly. 
the last thing I want to talk about is uh, an article that came out on Games Radar. Dang, about there's more. Just just a little bit. Just okay. a little bit. Okay. Okay. Um, Games Radar said that this is just going back to Halo. This is just to end it on a somber note. Okay. Halo Infinite is meant to be the last standalone Halo title for at least the next ten years. So I'm wondering, with Halo Infinite, are they like trying to make this a destiny somehow, and they just haven't exposed that yet? Wow. Is there gonna be a story here, and then they're gonna add in some other like online, like is it gonna be a living world or whatever? Like, what does this mean? That'd be interesting. Um, and I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. They, uh, they explain that uh, this doesn't mean that Halo, the Halo is gonna be <laughs> literally not a Destiny style live service game, but rather a platform for further full fledged Halo experiences of their own. So, so yeah, like Destiny. <laughs> like Destiny, basically, yeah. You're going to have DLCs come out every so often, and you have to pay for them, and you get a campaign, and then you run around the world and hmm, do shit. Like Destiny. Yeah. 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 That's right. So that's, uh, that's weird. I don't, yes. I don't know how I feel about that, but I don't, I don't know. it is what it is. They, but, haven't, um, they, <laughs> they didn't put their best foot forward yet, I'll tell you that. <clears throat> yeah. But overall, I, I mean, clearly... There's not much to be said about Xbox Series X winning the race this year so far. I mean, no, they don't have any great looking games that are coming out on the platform. They're no. not doing exclusives on the platform. Nope. The console looks like a trash can. Um, it's not bad looking, but it's like after seeing the PlayStation with its freaking edgy, different design, like there's just so much leaning towards PlayStation and they got first party titles coming out at launch. They have a huge lineup of stuff. Their graphics look great. I mean, there's just so much more writing on this console and they continually talk about with Xbox. It's like, this is best played on Xbox Series X. I'm like, great. Well, show me something that looks good. Yeah. Like, like give yeah. me some some next generation graphics, not just... Gra- I mean, I've seen better graphics of The Last of Us Part Two than I have of anything that they showed at this console or at this uh, reveal event that they had. Yeah. Which is just sad. So Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's, I felt like... You know, there was this race between these two. Xbox stubbed its toe and decided just to walk the rest of the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably probably accurate, yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, holy shit, guys. What the? I just don't understand, man. I don't. Yeah. But I'm not going to be It is what it is. It. Yep, it is what it is now. Feels good to be a PlayStation gamer. I mean, <laughs> yes, for it real. Is. A PC gamer, too, because, like, we're still getting the best of Xbox by having the Game Pass on PC, but we're not having to deal with the console and then we can still get our PlayStation and get all the badass stuff that comes out on that. So, yep. Hell yeah. All right. So that's going to wrap it up for discussion this week. Everybody, if you want to contribute to next week's segment, you can give us a shout out at the innergamer.net, or you can join us on our discord channel with that link in the show notes. We'll be right back with our upcoming video game releases. You're listening to the inner gamer. Looking forward to next week. Let's talk about our lack of upcoming video game releases. Yeah, there's no video game releases. Actually, if you listen to this podcast uh, on the 28th, which is the day that this podcast comes out today, today, the day you listen to this grounded is now out. So if you want to play grounded uh, by obsidian, you can go pick that up and go out and play it because I will. And so will you. It's on game pass. So you have no excuse. Check it out. And with that, that's going to wrap up our show this week. Be sure and check us out next Tuesday for more from your favorite video game podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget, this Wednesday, tomorrow, a.k.a. tomorrow, 
we are on Twitch, twitch.tv slash innergamercast. You can watch us play Divinity Original Sin and get destroyed by zombie, ghoul, mutant, dragon, chaos things. All the stuff. There's all the things in this game. What else, Austin? What else we got? I, I don't know. We got nothing else. That's it. No, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> if you want to support our show, you can donate on our website over at innergamer.net. All donations go towards making the podcast videos and streams even better. You can also join in on the conversation over on our Discord channel, so check out the show notes for that link. And as always, if you cannot contribute monetarily, please take time to share this with a friend, family member, or loved one. The more eyes we get in front of our content, the faster we grow, and it helps more than you know. So thank you for your continued support. I'm Austin Morales. And I'm Brayden Oski. And you've been listening to the Intergamer Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. Podcast out! <laughs>